your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Elf Will Not Be Seen Tonight. And after tonight, I think Annie may not be seen tonight. I think this is the last of the Annie media. Thank the Lord. (laughs) Uh, I hope you're all sick of Annie as we are. Actually, it's not so bad, honestly. Annie media? No, that's true. Uh, The thing about Annie media is that it exists. You know, it, it's it, yeah. it's neither offends nor uh, entices me. It just exists. Yeah. And, you know, Annie is not bad, yeah. but it's also not good either. You know, I so I mean, before we even dive into uh, today's, which is your favorite of the Annie things that we've seen? Well, I mean, of all the Annie things that we've watched, I guess I would have to say the the Annie Christmas Carol, just because it is so yeah. bonkers that it I actually had I had a reaction to it. Um, all the other Annie stuff, I've just been kind of like, it's yeah, okay. it's uh, it is an it's Annie. okay, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's like it's it's weird watching other Annie media and being like, this was what the most popular comic strip of what the thirties, yeah. and then the most popular Broadway play of the late seventies. It, it is weird that like it, it was so huge, and they keep bringing Annie back. I think just as, assuming that like, oh, you know, her her thirties through fifties popularity will carry over to a modern audience, and. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry. Yeah. Were any of the Annie's, as far as I can tell, like all the Annie's were kind of flops as films. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, have you ever met anyone besides me who's heard of this Christmas special? No, no. Um, This was the first I'd ever heard of it. The other two Annie's, uh, the white Annie and the black Annie, um, you know, I've heard of them. They both had huge marketing blitzes. And so I kind of, you know, like I think I said this before, in my brain, I thought they were huge hits. Like, that's how I remembered them. But it turns out, no, they were just everywhere because, you know, the the studios yeah. were desperate for them to be hits and didn't really work out that way. Um, but Right. It was kind of like, you know, assuming that everybody loved Jar Jar Binks because the stores were full, were full of his tongue lollipops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, remember when Shrek came out and there was like... Everything was Shrek. Every single thing was Shrek. And, and Ang Lee's Hulk had that going on too. And, uh, I, I once, I once made a deal with a friend of mine that, uh, you know, let's try, let's try doing our own, uh, let's try doing our own product placement. I will pay you $20 to wear this Hulk sticker on your butt all summer. <laughs> and she did. Oh, um, <laughs> she, she peeled, she peeled it off and put it on again and again. Uh, Oh, well, you know, um, and I bet a lot of people were like, hmm, well, this butt says I should watch the Hulk. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember seeing oh. I Ang, Ang, Ang Lee's Hulk. Sorry, is it? Yeah, Ang Lee. I saw it in the theater. I think it's Ang. Lee. I fell asleep, and uh, I woke up briefly in the 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 climax, and then fell asleep again. And then after the mo- after the movie, as we left, it turned out that my all my companions had also fallen asleep in the middle of the oh, Hulk. Wow! And we were all like did the Hulk fight like a big pile of rocks at one point? And we were like trying to figure out if we just all collectively dreamed this. Oh, my wife is yelling now because she's like, that was with me. Yeah. I didn't say it wasn't with you. Yes. I didn't say it wasn't with you. I said with my companions, I think Craig was there. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, we can. I love that we're I'm gonna, not going to cut this out of the podcast. You're going to get to hear all my marital <laughs> strife. Um, but anyway, yeah, Craig, your husband. Yeah, you know, uh, Craig, the bear that lives in my computer. Also, my my second <laughs> husband. We've got a thing going on here. Yeah, you're you're in a little rough trade with Craig the bear. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's a bear in more more ways than one. <laughs> this, this is an inside joke. Ask your parents, kids. Um, anyway, um, we were speaking of Annie. And we were speaking of Annie. So, uh, Ethan, Annie, a royal adventure. Wait. Annie, a royal adventure. That is what we watched today. A 1999 made-for-TV movie that is the official sequel to the Annie movie from the beginning of the 80s. Ah. Well, um... You know the thing is, I, I will say one thing in 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 favor of this special is uh, Ethan. You mentioned I did not know this before you told me this that apparently in the original comic strips, after Annie is adopted by Daddy Warbucks, she goes on all these kind of globe trotting, uh, ducktail style adventures. But yeah, we never see them because we just keep getting the origin story over and over. Uh, yeah. So at least in this one, we actually get a globe trotting adventure. Um, we get to see what Annie does with Daddy Warbucks after her adoption. Um, and it seems a little more pedestrian than a lot of those. There's no point with, you know, where they're being held at gunpoint or chained up or anything. They do get into, go into a dungeon, but uh, yeah, this is, yeah, it's, it's definitely made for television. So they were like, look, mm-hmm. we can't do anything, you know, standards and practices are going to make sure we don't do anything too spoopy here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, Basically, I guess the plot is just Annie goes to England and yep, Annie goes to England and uh, it's an hour and a half. (laughs) It's I feel like it did not need to be this long. No, it I I'm not certain if it was, you know, like I said, made for TV. It was released on TV. I don't know if it was made specifically for a television release because it seems to have a fairly high budget. It does. Um I suspect it's a made it was made for TV just because it really does follow the beats of a kind of uninspired made for TV uh children's uh fair like yeah it, it feels like uh mm-hmm. five children and it that yeah kind of thing. Yeah. yeah like if you've ever watched we've talked about dog movies in the past yes like this is literally a dog movie just without a talking dog um, I mean, there is a dog in it. Sandy's in it, but you know, it feels yes. like the sort of movie that if th- this should basically be about a talking dog and, and you could, yeah, 
You know what? I'll bet they're going to do that. I'll bet we're going to see like a CGI Secret Life of Pets version of Annie where she's a woolly redheaded dog. And wait, would would Daddy Warbucks be a dog, too? Or would he be a human? Well, he'd be a human owner. Okay, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or they'd have to get some sort of bald dog. I guess there are bald dogs, aren't there? Bald dog, yeah. <laughs> some sort of hairless dog. Yeah, like a like a Shih Tzu or, or something. Or yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about what about the asp? Is he a dog or? Is he a- oh yeah, they would do that thing in dog movies where where since he's uh, Asian, it would be like. You know, like an Asian dog, like um, you know, like a um, Shibu or a something. Chow chow? Oh, a Chow yeah. Chow, yeah. Like you know what they do whenever they make a dog movie, and they're like, okay, we need to make it racist. Like, um, I don't know what Punjab would be. I don't know what kind of dog is associated with India. So, no, me neither. Huh? What's a, what's an Indian dog? Huh? Yeah. Uh, did Mowgli have a dog? Uh, there was Red Dog, wasn't there in those? Red Dog. Oh yeah, or okay. something. But uh, a, a Dole, I think. I think he was a Dole. Oh, Dole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, though, I will. All, this is also the first time that the Asp really has um, a speaking role. I think in an Annie media that we've seen. Yeah, he didn't. Say, yeah, he didn't say a word one in the uh, in the night uh, eighties one, and he was excised entirely from the twenty fourteen edition. And he was a ghost in the Christmas one. So. Yeah, so this is the first time that the Asp actually. He has lines. He he does a few yeah. things. You know, he uh, kung fu's a door at one point. So yeah, um, you know, um, so uh, that's good. Um, so, yeah, this is his this is his big star turn, really. And oh, and once again, we get to see Punjab do incredibly basic uh, levitation act that doesn't tie into the story at all. Yeah, that's kind of funny because the whole movie it's just like yeah, this is pretty normal, and then suddenly it's like yeah, he can levitate stuff. It's like, oh, you're just just going to throw that out there, huh? It's like, oh, apparently it's like this. You mean the thing that if you saw it happen, it would completely like destroy your 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 understanding of our current reality. Yeah. Punjab does that. And it has no bearing on anything. So, yeah, it's just a parlor trick he does. And, you know, and for like no audience, it it feels like it, it feels like the guys who made Looper watched this and were like that. We're, we're going to take that bit. <laughs> Looper. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, sorry. What's up? Um, hang on. Oh, OK. Never mind. I was afraid there was a uh, technical error, but it seems to be fine. Oh, OK, we're still we're still good. We're still rolling. Um, I hope so. Okay, well, we'll find out when we're done. <laughs> well, if we McGruffed it up again. Oh, boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, so, so this is, so Annie, a royal adventure. Uh, Annie, a royal adventure starts out with in, no, the funny thing about this one is that it, uh, it warps a few years ahead. Now it's post-war. Oh, is it supposed to be after the war? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't clear on actually when it was supposed to take place. Um, did they actually give a date or do we just, did you figure out from context? Uh, yeah. Well, I figured it out from uh, looking it up on online and found that the director said that we've moved her from pre-war to post-war. Okay. So interesting. I actually, um, well, that does answer some of the questions that I had about this film uh, because 
I kind of figured it was pre-war just because the only thing I think that gave me any clue about the time period was the fact that Winston Churchill appears in it. So I yeah, just, Churchill is there. When did, when did he die anyway? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. He was around when the war ended though, wasn't he? I think he, yeah. Yeah. yeah he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't go down with a ship or anything. So. Yeah. Cause I remember that like he was around when the war ended and like, then the, the British populace was like, you know, uh, and was like, oh, maybe we should stop letting this, this, this complete, like, you know, like murderous lunatic. He was the man for the time when we were fighting, you know, the Krauts. But now that the war's yeah. over, this guy's insane. Maybe we shouldn't let him be prime minister anymore. So I guess he didn't <laughs> last very long after the war. I think just a little bit before they replaced him with, I don't know, Jimmy Crumpets or whoever was prime minister <laughs> after him. Um, but I assume we're going to get canceled for using the word Krauts. Oh God, yeah. Sorry, I apologize to to. Um, I meant to say Jerry's. Um, <laughs> I meant to say Huns. Um, <laughs> I meant to say the Hermans. Um, <laughs> that those are all the Hermans. Sl- I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, those are all the slurs for Germans that I know of. So uh, if you know any more, <laughs> leave them in the comments. <laughs> um, but you too can be one of Herman's Hermans. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, I assumed so this was uh, still pre-war, but that made me wonder. It's like, okay, this is this whole movie is about a plot to uh, kill the Queen of England. Why are the villains not Germans? But I guess if it's post-war, that might explain that. Um, Although if it's if it's post-war there, when when did the Queen take the throne? Because there's a king in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. There is a king. Um Okay, that that so let let me look up. We're we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Uh, yeah. The queen, um, she took. Okay, wait a second. So she took office in uh, nineteen fifty two. Okay, okay. So this is still the forties, or at least the very early fifties, and uh, so it's sometime between nineteen forty forty five and nineteen fifty two. And uh, I guess take the throne is the phrase, not took office, but yeah. Okay, wait a second. And let's see, but let's see when Churchill got out of office. He was out of office in 1945, so that means oh, uh, if this is so po- this is pre- this is 1945 is the latest date that this can be. Oh, unless he wasn't actually the prime minister because he was just getting together for cards. Oh, it's not like they executed him after he was prime minister. That's true. So he may not <laughs> <Did> have. <they? laughs> <laughs> they put on, they're like that's what we should that's what we should be doing as soon as someone's like no longer the head of state all right <laughs> that's why you're called a head of state <laughs> i mean when you think about it i think that's a good idea we should just do that in general um yeah you know understand that becoming president or king or whatever is a death sentence <laughs> yeah um you got to be really willing to die for your country damn yeah you know what see they should ask us about these sorts of things we got some good ideas okay so assume so he may not still be head of of state but it's generally kind of post-war probably 40s again uh before 1952 when the queen takes over um there's one other thing that I saw, and I'm not sure if it indicates the time or if it's just a flub. Mm-hmm. When they're when you're when they're passing over Buckingham Palace, there's a brief shot where you can see a traffic light. 
And I'm not sure when those were installed in London. Oh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to assume it's probably a flub because every time that they show like historical thing, you can tell from the film grain that they're just using stock footage. Ah, um, so it's probably a flub. Oh, yeah. Like the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so disappointed that it didn't have like a big American flag when that happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really hoping for like, you know, like the, 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 just the, the star spangled banner starts playing and you just see like, you know, or, or, um, you know, the, the, the big flag and everyone salutes. Yeah. We'll get into that. But, um, and you, and you hear the Eagle scream. Yeah. <laughs> God bless America. Their grand old flag. <laughs> but no, they don't do that. Um, so, uh, so, but Annie, uh, so, so this is, uh, so yeah, there, there are no Germans to fight. But even post-war, you could just say like, yeah, we got some, you know, some, some Nazis who like avoid, you know, who hit out. And now they're like, they want revenge on England, you yeah. know? Nothing as exciting as the uh, Bolshevik that threw a bomb in the first movie. No, no, nothing like that. Um, I feel like probably that's because this was a made-for-TV thing. So they're like, look, we can't, we can't yeah. get too political. That'll, that'll scare the children. So we're just going to. We have... can't offend the Bolsheviks. They're an important demographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got like, um, but but this the story is, uh, they go to England for. Oh, because they want to look at Professor Eli Elon's El- Eli yeah. Elon Elon. Yeah. So there's this. Yeah. So there's this absent-minded professor who was in the employ of uh, of Daddy Warbucks, and he's invented a something called Eonite that the, they say it's going to replace plastic, but plastic has barely taken taken hold. I thought this was still kind of the Bakelite era. Yeah, it's kind of unclear what it is. I mean, I guess it's just the MacGuffin of the the movie. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. But by making certain changes, it becomes a powerful explosive. Right. But also, yeah. But also, if you do certain other changes, it makes it so that evil cannot use it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it is funny because yeah, Eli, Eli, Professor Eli Musk uh, is when they first meet him. <laughs> He's like, they're trying to convince him, you, Professor, come out. We're going to go to England and see your your Eonite factory. And he's all upset because he's like, you know, if it fall, if Eonite falls into the wrong hands, it could destroy the entire world. And I guess they say he's the only one who knows how to make Eonite. I guess he hasn't, the factory where they make it, I guess they don't know how they're doing it. You know, the secret is, <laughs> they're just, they're. I guess they just give them different elements and they... Have different. Yeah, they, you know, they, they make like they make like two parts of the raw material, and then they send it to him, and he knows what proportion to put them together. So it's like a it's like two part epoxy or something. <laughs> it's like the secret. It's like the <laughs> secret sauce at McDonald's. You know, um, no one knows what's re- no no one know can know the secret. The eleven the eleven herbs and spices. No one can know. It's in a secret vault. That's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sorry, I'm getting my things mixed yeah. up. Um, but uh, and the secret sauce is literally just Thousand Island. Oh, oh my God! Really? Don't say that! On, don't say that in air. <laughs> They're gonna send their goons after us now. Oh come on! Who's gonna? <laughs> oh, fine. Anyway, <laughs> if you say this, if you say the, um, if you say the, uh, 
the the recipe with secret sauce on air. E- e- Elon Elon's gonna ban us. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna suspend our account. Um, uh, yeah. I'm Elon Musk. Here is the secret recipe for secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is pissed. Let's assume he smacks his lips like the chipmunk. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's South African. They all do that. <laughs> God, I can't believe Flintheart Glomgold owns Twitter now. <laughs> That's uh, that's right. He's South African again, isn't he? Yeah, he's South African, but in the latest cartoon, he was so obsessed with Scrooge, he wanted to be more Scottish than him. <laughs> that's kind of a funny way to go, honestly. Yeah, so so they literally turned him into basically Scrooge's Wario, who was trying to out-Scrooge him. <laughs> oh, Flintheart Glomgold. I, I don't even believe that's a South African name, to be honest. I don't think so, no. Um, that's that's a hard name to say. There, there was a little bit of... I heard a little bit of Grub Grabber in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, a, as a kid, I thought that was probably like a real Scottish name. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, no, it's just, you know, Glomgold because he likes gold because he's greedy, you know, and Flintheart because yeah, he's bad. How often do you hear the word glom used in anything not related to Carl Barks? I mean, I think it's kind of fallen out of fashion. It's it's th- yeah. not a thing anymore. Um, but um, anyway, sorry. Uh, we where were we? We're speaking <laughs> of Professor, the Professor Elon e- Eli Eonite, who um, I mean, he's a pretty standard absent-minded professor. You know, he he yeah, he's um. He's got the wild hair and the little glasses and he's kind of schlubby. And I think he's got like kind of a German accent because he's a scientist. Um, yeah, because, yeah, you know, for some reason we have this uh, we have this stereotype that all the genius scientists uh, somehow became came to America after World War Two. I wonder how that happened. Yeah, it's like, huh, that's strange. That's so weird. It'd, it'd be funny, actually, if in if the movie they were like, ah, oh, yes, Professor Eli, Eli Ian, Ian I, we got him from Operation Paperclip, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they don't, um, uh, but but they, I, I thought it was interesting that he appears to live in Daddy Warbucks's mansion, which um, makes some sense, but I like the idea that, like, every room of the mansion is occupied with another guy who will instigate some sort of adventure, you know, when they, when they knock on his door. <laughs> um, but, uh, so he's got like a big game hunter in the next one. And then like a, uh, a, uh, paleontologist. Yeah, that, exactly. Cool. I mean, it's, a, Oh, I like this. He's like, it's like the, it's like the back rooms, but for adventure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually kind of, kind of a funny, that's kind of a good concept for a series. Cause it's like any day you're like, well, what do we want to do this week? Well, let's, Oh, we want to go to space. Don't worry. There's an astronaut living in that room. We'll just knock on the door and you know, you can do anything. Um, yeah, the astronaut who never takes off their uh, their spacesuit, and also they they're never subject to gravity. So even when they're uh, so even when you're waiting to blast off, they're still floating away. This is a great idea. We we see again. We always have the best ideas on this show. Um, yeah, we do. We do. We've we've invented a, a a new alternative to busy town. It's not busy town. I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. Let's go to space. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to go to England. Right. To to yes. look at this, to see this factory in motion. And um, and also uh, Daddy Warbucks is going to be knighted. Oh, that's right. There's that subplot as well. Um, OK, let's talk about let's talk about our our, um, our cast, though. 
Um, yeah. So what do you think of what do you think of this Annie, the the, the kid who's Annie? I, I I don't know the actress's yeah. name. I'll just say yeah, she's sure she's an Annie. Just I mean, there's not much to say about her apart from that uh, she was you know spunky and redheaded enough to get the job. I was kind of it was weird because I feel like she was um, doing a, a a bit the whole movie. I mean, I don't know how to describe yeah, I this. I think I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, it, like she was like, I'm, it's me, Annie. Get it? Yeah. And it's weird. I almost felt like she's doing like a little bit of a weird accent. Like when she talks, huh. she's like, whoa, it's me, Annie. Whoa, leap and lizard. Whoa. It's like, what is that? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of strange. Um, but she definitely, she strikes me as like, yeah, child actor. This is someone who she. This is her big break after appearing in dog food commercials or something. You know, um, mm, I mean, yeah. she's she's what you would expect for a made-for-television Annie movie. Um, but uh, Danny Warbucks, um, I actually kind of liked him in this. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's not bad at all. He's the. You know, I I still really like the original from the uh, 1981 one, but again, I think Daddy Warbucks is fairly easy to portray because I end up liking all the ones that we have. Yeah, and I do think this is the easiest one to like because this is this is Daddy Warbucks after he's had his icy black heart melted by Annie. So this is yeah. he's just very avuncular. You know, there's no all the all the the gruffness that I think Albert Finney you know brought to the role. Um, you know, it's not there in this one because he doesn't need it anymore. The character has changed. So he's, he's pretty likable. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Actually, was it a famous guy who played? Uh, I have, I don't know anything about him. Let's see. It's George Hearn, uh, primarily a Broadway actor, but he's been in, he's been in a few things. Uh, ah, he was the grandpa in Barney's great adventure. Uh, (laughs) And but looks like he's uh oh looks like he's played Sweeney Todd a few times. That's interesting. Oh well, there you go. Um, <laughs> that would be yeah. I you know, what's interesting. Looking up Annie, Annie, I discover that she is in fact played by someone who is now mostly a voice actor who is best known for being uh Gwen on the Ben Ten series. Oh, and yeah, and also she was the star of Infinity Train Tulip. Oh, no kidding. Well, I feel kind of bad yeah. for slagging on her. I guess she's, um, you know, she she's improved as an actress. Yeah. I mean, some people, I, I don't know. She's pretty. So I wouldn't say she has a face for radio, but she has a voice for radio. She can, perf- you know, she performs with her voice. And like you said, she's kind of doing a voice here. So it was there was there the whole time. Hmm. I guess she figured out like, look, play to your strength. You can do kind of a, yeah. you know, I, I do wonder because it feels like I wonder if they told her like, look, you're this, this is the the character of Annie is you know is this, and she was like, all right, I'm gonna do a voice for it. Um, well, I suspect she might have been trying to imitate the voice from the original movie. Mm. Oh, you're probably right. Actually, um, it feels weird because she's the only one doing it. There's this other girl she hangs out with named Hannah, who is just yeah. a, a normal girl mostly um just a girl yeah that's emily ann lloyd it doesn't look like she did anything after 1999 i assume she must just she's she's just annie's okay 
she's Annie's friend because Annie needs someone to talk to in this movie. Yes. Um, so we, we, she has parents. She's not an orphan. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're fellow rich people that like daddy Warbucks hangs out with or not, but she does have a paper route. So she has a job. Uh, so yeah. And, um, she is, I don't know. She's just kind of, she, she kind of does a lot of mugging in this movie. And since, you know, since she's not doing a voice, it just feels like, okay, this is like, you know, when your little sister kind of just plays pretend, um, but whatever, you know, um, she's again, she's there just to be, just so Annie has someone to talk to. Um, Mm -hmm. we've also got Molly who is another orphan, uh, who I assume is Molly in the other ones. I don't remember the other orphans names. I don't, I don't remember the names of the other orphans. Uh, I, I guess I assumed that the other orphans besides Annie are just kind of a, you know, a, a slurry that comes and goes where they just assign the characteristics of one to the face of another in the next movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, this one is just, you know, she's, she's an orphan. She's getting to the age where it's going to be hard to adopt her. So Annie is very concerned about this. And, um, I feel like, again, whenever they bring up the other orphans in Annie media, it's always kind of weird because it just, it's the elephant in the room is always just like, well, why doesn't daddy Warbucks do something? You know, he's, even if he doesn't want to adopt them himself, he is the richest man in the world. He surely could find homes for them. He's, he's on the phone all the time, calling up and make, giving shoes to every child in China. You know, um, it, it just, you know, it's just weird whenever they bring that up. Cause it's just this glaring, uh, oversight. I feel like, um, yeah, you, you really have to sort of recognize, you know, how, you know, the terrible power that rich people have over our lives that they could make our lives so much better, but choose not to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really kind of just, it's a little weird, um, though. We also actually, we do get, uh, there's a Miss Hannigan, but she's really just a cameo in this one yeah she you, she barely appears but she but she is a very but she is in fact one of the best known people in all of this oh she is yes it's carol cleveland who is who might be best known as you know the kind of uncredited female member of monty python oh wow yes i know i've seen her um yes never in a speaking but role my only line <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, she's, she's, uh, she does her best. I mean, she doesn't really have, she doesn't really do much here. Cause no, you know. there isn't a lot to do for, uh, we don't focus much on Miss Hannigan because we have a British Hannigan substitute who comes up later. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that's our villain for the piece. Um, when, when they get on the, the boat to go to England, you know, um, yeah, because they they do that. They get on a boat. They're going on a boat to go to England. And um, well, actually, before they do that, we we are introduced to not our main villain, but our our villain's henchmen or villainous henchmen. Yes. And um, these guys are what you would ca- what we used to call on show uh, a classic pair of bumblers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're kind of they are some of one of the highlights of this movie the one of them is kind of like a like a dollar store version of Rick Mayall yeah yeah 
Uh, and the other is basically like if you took Arthur from the tick, if you took his moth suit off, it's what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. These guys are, um, you know, they're they're you're yeah they're they're kind of they're fun. You're your classic kind of uh, bumbling henchman duo because mm-hmm. you know when you when you get some henchmen, like if you're a villain and you get some henchmen, you generally if you have there's only two real configurations that you can have henchmen in. Like if you have three henchmen, it's going to be like a fat, dumb one, uh, a mm-hmm. skinny coward and a short one who's slightly smarter than the other two and like bosses them around, but is still dumb enough to fuck up the plans. And um, if you have just two henchmen, uh, what you do is you have a fat, dumb one and a skinny one who is slightly less dumb and is he's the leader of the two. And that's basically what they yeah. do here. It's it's that it's the second one. You know, you have uh, Rupert, who is the the Rick Mayall guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he really does have that energy. You know, he's kind of got very upper class uh, twit kind of thing going on. Yes, <laughs> uh, he's even got a little cravat going there. And uh, Murphy is the uh, the dumber one. Um, Murphy though is uh, fun because he doesn't really. He he kind of makes this this role his own, I feel. You know, like Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, you know, your standard fat henchman is just going to be like, "Do boss." But he's got like um I don't know how you would describe his voice. It's it's very like it, it, like um it, it's this kind of like uh, you know, like this is Joy, but British guy like this, kind of like that. Um yeah. And uh um, he is in fact a a British person, so he's He's played. He played Paul Cook in Sid and Nancy. Oh, so. um, yeah, he's he's fun. You know, he's he he's mostly there to like bumble up the plans. You know, and then Rupert. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever calls them like blundering nincompoops, but you know that's the yes. energy they bring to this production. Um, yeah, absolutely. They're they're always they've they've got all these plans because I think what the plan was they want to kidnap the professor for. Yes. For Elonite. In order to do that, they think they they need to like get Annie out of the picture first. So Yeah, be- because Annie is aware of the plot. She's the one who keeps recognizing the two uh bumbling nincompoops. And she keeps seeing them just completely at random. It's like, hey, it's those guys again. That's right. Oh yeah, because that she went to that like palm reader before they left America, and the palm reader was like, yeah. watch out for sinister characters. And so they're always worried about sinister characters um and uh, watch out for weasels but that was kind of a uh that's kind of a red herring yeah that's well that's kind of annoying when that happens um yeah i hate that <laughs> yeah but uh so basically the, sorry you say something yeah it says and a it was kind of an alamo in the basement situation yeah <laughs> that's uh, that was so stupid um, and it's really disappointing because I feel like it actually could have been like good if it had gone anywhere, but yeah, it, it really didn't. Um, they were just like, we got to fill out the time. We got to fill out an hour and a half of this shit. So, um, so basically we have the bumblers bumbling around on the boat for, I don't know what, like half an hour, I guess. Bumble till bumble o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we do get our main villain appearing on the boat too. Um, yes. Um, well, it is Lady Edwina Hogbottom, played by Joan Collins. Oh, wow. I, I did think she looked familiar. 
I thought it was Elizabeth Taylor. I she looks very Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Um what a tad overweight but violet eyes to die for. So what exactly so so Ethan, I I was trying to figure this out. What do you call this kind of stock character that um it's not I would say the dragon lady, but I suppose that's kind of like uh ethnically charged, isn't it? That usually means like an Asian character. Yeah, so but what what do you call you know, what do you call a social climbing uh, like upper class twit dragon lady? Yeah, I don't know, because I'm I'm looking at her and I'm like, I mean I we've seen this stock character in so much stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Cruella Deville, basically. Yeah, exactly. So... It's very, it's exactly Cruella Deville. Um, like she's not quite a femme fatale, you know, and she's not quite um... a femme toxique. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's kind of like you know she's got this kind of um, glamorous uh, socialite milf thing going on. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you, 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 if you, yeah, if Cruella Deville. That's that's what she is, um, and she is also on the boat, and she's always trying to get with Daddy Warbucks. But I guess it's because she wants to get with the professor. Is is the ultimate goal? Yeah, um, yeah. She's not actually, you know, she's she kind of plays up like she's trying to get into Daddy Warbucks's pants, but she's really trying to get into Eli's pants because that's where the plans for the Eonite is. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. and another thing. Another, uh, I, did you realize that Dr. Eli Eon is played by Ian McDermott, a.k.a. Emperor Palpatine? I did not, but now that you mention it, I can see it. Yeah, I was like, Ian McDermott, was he a hobbit? And it's like, oh no, I'm thinking of someone else. <laughs> Ian Holm there, yeah. Um, they, had, they had a lot of fucking Ians over there, man. Yeah, wow, you know, uh, it's interesting seeing Ian McDermott as a, um, you know, playing against type here, because he's a very yeah. different character. Um but yeah, you've noticed that these, you know, these rich people always employ a a ad- absent-minded professor like in the like in the Richie Rich movie with Macaulay Culkin where he had uh Mike McShane as a professor. I guess it's well, if you get rich enough, you just want a professor on hand, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, shoot. How many professors uh, do you think Elon Musk has in his uh in his house? Oh man, he's probably got a big redundant array of professors. They're and they're extremely absent-minded, which explains everything that's happened this past week. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a big display of professors, kind of like in Notch's big stale candy room. <laughs> you just pull off with big ladles to get him out. <laughs> like one of no these. No one wants to come over and play with my professors. I'm so lonely. <laughs> I'm just imagining a whole room of Professor Calculuses now. Um, <laughs> according to my calculus, according to my calculus, according to my calculus. <laughs> <laughs> so they called me mad. Oh, we got to get rid of that one. Oh yeah, that one's gone bad. Um, the uh, yeah, I always I thought for this movie because it isn't established uh, for a little while that Lady Hogbottom is the employer of the Bumblers. So I kind of thought yeah. she was going to be like you know, kind of like a secondary plot line. Cause she would be like, Oh, I got to fuck daddy Warbucks to get his money. Cause he's rich, but it turns out that's not going on at all. She wants the professor because she wants the Elonite because I guess she is like in line for the throne and she can use the Elonite to, uh, kill the current, uh, fa- Royal family. 
is yeah blow up all of Buckingham Palace, and I guess nobody who is in line in front of her is uh, is not in the palace at the moment, right? So she literally so she's like yeah. part of like a, a branch family or something. Yeah, and she like I mean it it is I didn't really think much of it. She's blowing up Buckingham Palace. Says, okay, and then in the climax established that she has literally like like a rocket that is aimed at Buckingham palace that just, just needs that Eonite, um, you know, kick and it's going to totally just blow it up. And it's like, Oh, all right. Um, yeah, this movie went some weirder places than I was expecting. I admit. Yeah. Like I didn't expect a lot of this stuff. It also, ugh, I mean, I wish it just needed to be shorter because yeah, I mean, we, we waste a lot of time, uh, in this film. They, you know, there's a whole there's a whole long thing with crossing the Atlantic. God, this takes there's a so whole long thing. Yeah, and you know what's really weird? Here's the thing that we haven't mentioned yet that is really going to blow your mind. You don't get a song until the end. Oh, that's right. There is a song at the end, isn't there? Yeah, and it's one you've heard before. It's tomorrow again. Well, of course, it's tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Um, and you know, I would think that. It's interesting that they thought that what kids wanted was more Annie, but not more of an Annie musical. Well, I think they thought right about that, I guess. But yeah. um, I don't know. Do you do you like this one better because it's for the most part not a musical? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly I don't know. Um, I guess I'm kind of indifferent to the music in Annie. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't say that this is better or worse. Um, I do like that. I I. I I like that we get a lot of bumbling in this, I guess. That's yes. that's really the... This is, yeah, this is, you know, it's not a musical, it's a bumblical. Yeah. People sort of burst into bumbling the way they burst into music. Yep. <laughs> um, so they arrive in England. Uh, Molly was stowed away, but she's revealed. And um, uh, then... Then they're then the bumblers come back and they try to poison... Ant no, they put, put everyone to sleep with drugged milk. But yeah, they put everyone to sleep with the drug milk, but the only person who drinks it is Molly and the asp. Right. And I was like, oh, the asp is into milk. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we know something new about it. <laughs> he loves milk. Um, but Punjab. You underestimate me. <laughs> I've been drinking milk. <laughs> it's good for bones. Um, <laughs> but uh, the. Which I'm about to break. <laughs> Punjab does not drink milk, so he remains alert. And um, he's. I guess he, uh, he's, well, cause then what, like Annie and Molly and, uh, Hannah go to Hyde Park. And yeah. They go to Hyde Park and they meet some boys playing cricket and, uh, immediately ruin the game, you know, in the, exactly the same way that King Ralph ru ruins the game. This movie's a lot like King Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, it even has the same plot. That's what the the uh, that's what Lady Hogbottom wants to do. She wants to become King Ralph by killing the entire royal family. <laughs> well, you know, um, King Ralph. King Ralph is is base is you know the, is, he's like the 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 hero with a thousand faces. We keep retelling that story. <laughs> yeah, there's the yeah the, the man versus nature, man versus himself. Man inherits the uh, throne of England because everyone else died. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, they're gonna, so I guess they go to Hyde Park, they, Molly falls asleep because she's drugged, so the boy is, that they meet, 
Michael, I think. Is his name Michael? Yes. He's all Michael. He, Michael Webb. Okay. He's all like, Oi, let's go to me place and you can meet me mom. She's good with taking care of the sickos. So they do that. And <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he's he's got like a million brothers. And uh yeah, I really thought there was gonna be a musical number here. Yeah. <laughs> well it's funny because when Welcome home to the Happiness Hotel. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get any of that. Um, but when Molly wakes up, uh, she's all like, look at all the boys. And it's it's kind of obvious. like va 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 Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. She's going to get adopted here. And she's she's like, oh, cool. All these adopted brothers. <laughs> Pretty easy on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, she says it's the Lost Boys, which is kind of cute. <laughs> oh, that's right, because she established earlier that she was a big Peter Pan fan. Um, yeah. So um, they then it's the Lost Boys. Hey, that one is Thudbutt. <laughs> <laughs> they take um. So then, Mister Webb, the dad, is going to bring them back to Daddy Warbucks at the Savoy. Yeah, and this is the part that like kind of like just just because as they're driving. There and he's like, my dad is Daddy Warbucks, and he's like, "Oi, the richest man in the world." Hmm. Let's just stop here at this pub, and um, I, I, I let me lock you in the car very suspiciously, and go in the pub. And it's like, you know, it's 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 played like, you know, it's very suspicious, right? Yeah. And the name of the pub is the what the waltzing weasel or something which is yeah the, the winged weasel yes <laughs> okay which is what you know the fortune teller told annie beware of weasels so you know it's kind of obvious okay shenanigans are gonna happen and this scene i was like okay uh watching it i was like this is actually kind of an interesting twist if like because i was like Wait a minute! If they're betrayed by by this by the uh, the the lovable dad of this family, I mean that that's pretty fucked up for like a kids' movie. But at the same time, yeah. I was kind of like, well, it, it can't though. That can't happen, you know, because Molly needs to be adopted, and this is cl- she's clearly going to be adopted by these people. So they can't be betraying her. That doesn't make the narrative sense, and. Yeah. I was hoping that, uh, you know, maybe he'd turn out to be a bad guy, but Murphy would kind of have a, a a face turn and uh, then he'd be the dad in this new family arrangement. Actually, that would be way better. I, I, that would be way better. Plus, it would cut out so much uh, material in this movie that we don't we this whole subplot about this family that we really don't need. Yeah, um, because. They um, also, well, as soon as Annie started getting suspicious that he was like going to do something, I was like, oh, no, no. If they were actually going to be betrayed, she would just sit there and be betrayed. She wouldn't be trying. She wouldn't be escaping. You know, so clearly. Yeah, we're a little, you know, we're too uh, media literate for this to work on. Us. Yeah, exactly. And it's like and then, of course, like Mr. Webb and Michael come out of the pub with like a guy with an eye patch. And it's like, oh, no, an eye patch guy. A suspicious character. <laughs> yeah. So then Annie and them are they're running away and, and, and Mr. Webb and all start chasing them. And Daddy Warbucks comes out and they're like, what what's going on? You know, and he's like, they were going to kidnap us. And Mr. Webb is like, Oi, uh, uh, the 
trunk of me car is just it was broken. I I meant to get that fixed. Oh, and what was the the one eyed guy? Apparently, what they were they started saying like, oh, he actually was going to give us a job or something, something like that. Yeah, and well, uh, actually, I I don't remember what it was because it felt like they kind of br- blushed brushed over what the one-eyed guy was about. I was like, what What was the one-eyed guy there for? <laughs> yeah, it was just, he was there to be suspicious. Um, so, yeah, and then Daddy Warbucks is like, well, I'm sorry my stupid daughter uh, was suspicious of you for being suspicious. To make it up, let me give you a job at my my Ionite factory. And um, and and your child, let me, your, your what, like eight-year-old child? Let me give him a job as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I guess it's it's the forties, so that sort of thing was okay back sorry, then. Sorry, my sorry, my daughter was so dumb and wrong. We're not really related, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, she she didn't get my big fat brain. Uh, <laughs> but um, well, God, I can go back to the orphanage anytime, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a be- you know, trade her in for a better orphan. <laughs> oh man but uh yeah so this whole thing was kind of just pointless and it's like what was all this okay i guess we just needed to eat up some time um but then i guess the idea was to sort of keep you know keep any guess second guessing herself kind of kind of uh gaslight her into uh giving the bad guys more time to get away with their plan I mean, maybe this would have made sense if, like, later on, when she's suspicious of, like, Lady Hogbottom, she's like, well, I was wrong about Mr. Webb, so maybe I'm wrong about this, you know, and it, and... Yeah, but it really, we didn't really get anything like that. No, 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 it really just, it just kind of, everything in this, it just kind of fizzles. Um, but then Lady, then Lady Hogbottom is all like, I want to, uh, I want everyone to come to my house, and... Um, and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> so they all go to Lady Hogbottom. Everybody come to my house for a celebration of not being evil. Yeah. And they all go, they all go to Castle Hogbottom, uh, which is, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, not a, it's, it's a, not a well-kept castle. Um, no, I guess it's this Castle Hogbottom is my favorite part of the whole thing because there is this running gag of trying to kick dead rats out of sight. Yeah. I actually, this is. There's some. This is kind of inspired. I do like Castle Hogbottom. Just the idea that like she's second in line for the throne, but like she lives in this like second-rate castle. It's like it's like the castle from the Biscuits cartoon show. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, it's just wow. The Biscuits. That's a deep. Yeah, yeah. You know, real heads know. (laughs) It's a wasteful King Max. Um, But uh, you know, and then she lives in this castle. Everything is like under those big sheets that you put over furniture when it's, you know, yeah. So it really does feel like she doesn't spend a lot of time in this castle. She's just like, uh, she goes back. She's like, we got to make it look good because daddy Warbucks and his gang are coming today. And, um, also because they, they know the bumblers. We introduce some new bumblers for this scene. And yeah, my, my favorite of course is charity. The one who is robbing, uh, Miss Hogbottom blind. She's great. Um, she's a lot of fun. Um, because yeah, she, Charity is this maid who is constantly just like grabbing silverware and shoving it in her, her apron pockets. Um, yeah. the, the one thing about Charity that I think, um, I, I think they, they wanted to do, but could not do is I think they really wanted to make her like a sexy French maid sort, you know, like, yeah, she's, 
I mean, she's probably the hottest woman in the movie, but uh, they didn't really, really push that. No, no. I mean, she's not bad looking, but like she's got like, you know, the, I would expect, you know, like in Clue, the French maid in Clue, you know? Right. Like right. she should have like the hem of her dress should be like mid thigh or, or like upper thigh and, you know, her, her uh, lower cut more cleavage. But I think they were like, this is a kid's movie. We can't really do that. Um, but it, and it says something interesting about Miss Hogbottom <laughs> if she that's how she dresses her uh, maid. I mean, it would actually. That would have a lot of whole new subtext there. Um, <laughs> I do think because every time when Charity is running around, she's doing kind of the sexy run. I don't, I don't know if, yeah. you know, where her arms are kind of, she's got them almost T-Rexing. I don't know how to describe this. Yeah. It's the it's the sort of it's a sort of run that you do when you want to sort of ping pong ball your boobs back and forth between your fists. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, so it's weird to see her doing the sexy run when she's not really dressed to do the sexy run. Like she's wearing flats, but clearly running like she's trying to show trying to pretend she's wearing heels you know <laughs> um but you know but but uh but she's still a fun character i think um she doesn't she doesn't fulfill the promise of a sexy french maid stereotype no. but she's a fun character because she's got this like you said this running gag where she's always stealing stuff and she kind of clanks when she runs around because she's yeah. so weighted down with the family uh jewels um there's another bumbler too, but he doesn't really do much. He's, um, no, he's, he's kind of dead weight, you know, appropriately. His name is Durwood and all they do is wake him up and he goes spot of tea. Yeah. Cause he's British. Yes. Um, he's very old. And, um, so he, yeah, that's literally the only thing he does. He appears in the end again. And when they arrest everyone except him for some reason, I guess, I guess, yeah. you know, they were like a not guilty by reason of senility or something. Um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't even aware what was going on. He just, you know, he's, you know, his only thought is sleep and or tea. Yes. Um, we do, uh, our, our original bumblers are here, but they're supposed to be hidden. And this is where it's revealed. I think that the skinny bumbler is actually, um, Lady Hogbottom's son. Yeah. Which is, is yeah, I, what's his name? Um, I can't find his, his name listed on the, uh, I think it was Rupert on the cast Rupert, here. I think. Um, Rupert. Okay. Yeah. Um, like the bear, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, um, uh, so I guess this, this is, a, I guess this is kind of a twist. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't really affect anything, but, um, uh-huh. I guess it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I also like late, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that uh, lady, lady Hogbottom can boss him around. Cause I, I do really like lady Hogbottom. Yeah. She's, she's an arc. She's an archetype that I, that amuses me a lot when it appears like I, you know, I see whenever I see this kind of stock character in a movie, I'm like, we're going to have some fun now. This is great. <laughs> I, oh. hmm? Okay. Ah, uh, it's Crispin Bonham Carter. What? It, he is. In f- yes. He is in fact, not brother, but third cousin to Helena Bonham Carter. My God, as soon as he said that, I was like, I can see, I can see the family resemblance, you know, and <laughs> kind of in that, like that kind of, uh, not just in the face, but also the hair and just kind of the, the general kind of lanky rubberness of the whole performance. Um, 
Wow, I didn't realize that the uh, the Bonham Carters were uh, such an established acting dynasty. Yeah, wow. I also didn't realize that Bonham was part of the last name. There was like a double name. I thought that was her middle name. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, his family has the Bonham part at, with a hyphen, and she does not. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, it, I would say that they were in different lines at Ellis Island, but um, they're British. Yeah, well, you know, when they when when the Saxons originally came up, they were you know in different lines or something, <laughs> or I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how English history works. Um, but uh, so so. I guess what happens, like Annie, she comes here. Uh, Daddy Warbucks has to go to do a thing, and yeah, what does he have to go to do? I forget. Oh no, that's right. He goes to he goes to play poker with uh, Winston Churchill. Oh, that's right. So he's playing poker with Winston Churchill. Meanwhile, everyone else is here at Lady Hogbottom's house. Lady Hogbottom is trying to get her Mac on with the professor, so she sends Annie. Annie like goes outside, but she sees the bomb or the rocket. Yeah, she sees the she sees the rocket, and this is after they were told, "Don't go in the backyard. Whatever you do, don't go go in the backyard." And then they go in the backyard, and they find the rocket. And the you know, Lady Hogbottom is immediately there to be like, "I told you." Yeah, and then they decide, and then they put the children in the dungeon, which is appropriate because Annie was doing homework about dungeons. How convenient! Um, I wonder if that will help her escape. Does it help her escape? I like how the <laughs> actually. Uh, no, it doesn't. She she escapes. Well, she says that she knows the dungeons have secret entrances and exits, but it's not her who finds it. It's Sandy who just like rotates the leg of a uh, suit of armor and finds it. Well, I mean, I guess if you if you have any self if any self respecting dungeon owner would have a secret passage. I mean, yeah. that's the way it works. Um, right. The p- the pillar behind Sir Swampole McDuck. We all know. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they so they escape the dungeon, and I. What do they do? Oh, they gotta get the. Oh, uh, then that. Meanwhile, uh, the professor and and Michael are like also trapped. So yeah, we we visited the factory, and the funny thing about the factory is that literally everyone there looks exactly like the professor. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Um, but they're, they're trapped, but then Michael is able to, uh, break the window. So they escape and then they're like, oh, what do they do? Do they change the coordinates of the rocket or do they like put the wrong fuel in the rocket? I can't remember. Yeah, they changed, they, they did put the right fuel in the rocket. They were being forced to, but, uh, the, the way the rocket worked. Yeah, they were, they changed the rockets, uh, yeah, they they wanted to have it explode over the sea rather than in Buckingham Palace. And uh, what was was there anything else going to that? Because he did make the real Ionite uh, explosive. I do remember that much. Yeah, I guess but... they just changed the direction or something. Um, because I, I I think I was I was kind of fading out by this point because it's like yeah, it's an hour I mean, and a half of this shit. So you know, as yeah, as much as. You know, as much as I have a lot to say about this movie, I did spend a lot of it kind of half looking at it over uh, phone games. Yeah, it's like, come on. Oh, my God. We we should. Um, uh. Also, my favorite part is where my favorite part is where Rupert is trying to uh, warn his uh, mom that the professor has escaped and he's looking out the out uh, at the. Uh, 
he's looking out at the moat and he sees yet another dead rat floating in the moat. <laughs> and then what with one thing and another, he uh, gets thrown into the moat and ends up with the rat in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Although this suddenly, then when he gets out of the moat, that's when he meets charity and they decide to like, I guess get like run away together. Yeah, they to elope. Yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, they decided to run. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a nice touch. I mean, it's like, I feel like that should have been foreshadowed a little though. Um, yeah. Uh, but, and also it's weird cause they start to elope, but then they get caught by like, um, like, uh, what is it? Bobby's? No, yeah. no. It's like the Punjab, Punjab and like, Oh yeah. Um, Punjab. Oh yeah. Punjab catches them. And then he does something weird with his jewel. What, what did he do? Like he hypnotizes them and like they go catatonic you and then do that? apparently, I mean, that's a new power that I don't think was mentioned before, but, um, they just keep pulling new powers for Punjab out of their ass. Yeah. But then they tie them up and I think leave them. And then later the bobbies get them. So I feel like, again, it's like, you know, I, I this whole thing about eloping kind of doesn't go anywhere. Cause it would have been nice if that was kind of, they just left the movie that way, you know? Yeah. And there, my, the, well, I think what, what it was, was it was payoff for, uh, how she had been, uh, stealing from them. They go, well, what are we going to do for money? And she shows off all the gold stuff in her apron. Yeah. But she gets arrested instead. Yeah. Uh, does she get arrested for stealing I, there... from Lady Hogbottom? Because I yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I mean, she doesn't. I mean, I guess it is still a crime to uh, do a crime that hurts a criminal. But... I guess. Well, you know, um, it is England. You can't like steal stuff from the aristocracy. Um, so, uh, but yeah, because I guess when she was involved in the plot against Annie, because she like she she helps restrain Annie at one point. I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it, she gets, but yeah, she gets arrested. Uh, Murphy gets arrested. Everyone gets arrested. The Bobbies get them all. And, um, uh, and actually I was thinking this whole time. It's like when, when it's like the stakes in this movie are kind of low. Cause it's like, oh no, we, we saved Buckingham Palace. We, we saved the Royal family from getting blown up. And it's like, what would have happened if the, you mean, you mean those, like, uh, those genocidal colonizers, too bad they would have they too bad if they got blown up and replaced with probably an equally shitty aristocrat i mean there's no yeah. good queen um, so yeah we're gonna i mean we're gonna have somebody who's uh significantly more you know conniving i think <laughs> i don't know that much about the uh how could the the conniving level of the royal family that we have now i mean yeah i mean honestly it'd be funny if annie was like oh you're gonna blow up rogan presents and be queen of england who gives a shit what does a queen do you're a figurehead i know i'm an american i'm just gonna go to america and, and, and not care about this yeah so, have fun opening shopping centers yeah exactly <laughs> uh but um but yeah, have fun so, being run off the road by the paparazzi and dying <laughs> too soon. Uh, yeah, it was ninety ninety nine. So yeah, <laughs> actually would have been, that would have been funny if they put that in. They were just like, "You're fuck Princess Diana, fuck the People's Princess." No, <laughs> the Queen of Hearts, my ass. Um, uh, anyway, uh, I'm sure she's fine. I don't have any beef <laughs> with Princess Diana. Um, I don't know why I'm being so mean to her. Um, anyway, but uh, so then, yeah, they blow up the rocket over the ocean and it is stock footage of an explosion and it and yeah, it's stock footage of a firework. Yeah. And they've, 
and they've like doubled it. So it's like it's ex- exploding in exactly the same place at two places in the sky. I, I don't. I feel like I've never wanted to see the, it explode in the shape of the American flag more than in this. Yeah, I just wanted to see it like in you know, Amer- and Annie's going, "That's the way we do it in America," <laughs> you know. No, it should have exploded into the shape of like the comic book Annie face with the empty eyes. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! That would be the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, this this movie was. It was too realistic, you know, for for as, for as much of a complaint as that is. <laughs> yeah, know? Annie should Annie should be a lot more, you know, just uh, 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 maybe not. I don't. Oh, I don't know what Annie fans want. I don't know any. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would really improve Annie. It's just, it's just a thing, you know. It's just a thing. Yeah. I mean, it can, it keeps going and going and, you know, I'm sure there's going to be another Annie. I'll bet they're going to make that one where she's a dog. I'll bet that's coming. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know what? The the next one, they should, they should make the uh, little orphan Fanny movie. Oh, wow. And little Annie Fanny. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. They should make a movie of little orphan amphetamine. <laughs> now, um, I guess that's pretty much the end of Annie, a Royal adventure. Um, oh, and, oh, Molly gets adopted by that, those people, as we expected, you know, the Webb family. Yeah, Molly gets adopted and, oh, uh, Daddy Warbucks makes it to the king. He makes it to the uh, Buckingham Palace in time for his knighthood. And as he's knighted, Annie just sort, sort of bursts into tomorrow. And it's really weird after this movie where there hasn't been any singing that suddenly it's there. It feels like this would be a good place for that kind of self self consciousness from the 2014 Annie movie, where people are kind of looking around each other nervously, like, "Oh, are we singing now?" <clears throat> guess guess we're Just doing this. <laughs> guess we're doing yeah. singing. But so, so this is what you Americans do, huh? <laughs> USA. Um, yeah, it's um. I mean, it's some um, Annie. Annie, she's. She's, um, she's, she'll always be with us. Um, I guess this, like, yeah, this was fine. This was extremely made for TV kids movie. You know, you had like, you had your bumblers, they bumbled. You had your, you know, your, your, um, your, your stock villain who's, um, doing kind of a comic booky plot with low stakes. Yeah. Um, you had Winston Churchill for the, the moms and dads, I guess. Uh, yeah, all those Winston Churchill fans. Th- there he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like some some people really like Winston Churchill. I'm sure. Um, he's uh, um, people like him because he's one of two people who can smoke a cigar and look cool doing it. You know, everyone else looks like a poser. Yeah. Uh, but no. Yeah. Who, who's the other one? Is it Groucho Marx or does he not look? Cool? Actually, no. I'll say uh, I'll say three people. I was thinking Castro, but Groucho Marx can pull it off. What about Freud? Mm, okay. Um, Freud. That's 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 kind of a gray area, I think. Yeah. Is he being cool or no? I don't know. I don't know actually, because when I see him, uh, I think like I don't know if Freud would be cool. I feel like I feel like Freud is. I don't know. Um, I haven't looked into enough. I don't, I don't feel like he exudes uh, the, the devil may care 
uh, charm that you need to smoke a cigar. No, but he does have the, the devil may card charm to enjoy a hot dog in the shopping mall. Yeah. Or a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may call me Ziggy. <laughs> Uh, I heard he's kind of a nerd or is a geek. Sorry, geek. <laughs> what is a geek? <laughs> uh, so anyway, Ethan, what do you think of, uh, Annie, um, Annie, a Royal adventure. Did you almost call it Annie, a mediocre, adventure? I almost call it Annie, a <laughs> musical adventure, right? but that's a whole oh, different okay. thing. <laughs> now it's, uh, I mean, if this were part, if they were going to make like this a yearly series or something, like you know, Annie goes to various different countries and gets into mild scrapes in each of them, I could see that. I mean, I mean, this is a good start. I'd like to see Annie, Annie goes to Annie goes to Denmark, Annie goes to China, Annie goes to Singapore, <laughs> Annie goes to Cambodia. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, you know, and, there's definitely a lot of potential there. They they definitely, I yeah. think they picked the most boring country first. You know. Yeah, I I would like to. Oh, also, I like the idea that Annie, Annie and Daddy Warbucks can kind of appear in any time. I like the idea that uh, Warbucks Manor is like a TARDIS and can uh, warp to different uh, time zones. Well, they probably have a professor in one of those rooms who has a time machine. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so it does make sense. Yeah, I mean. I have no, we've spent a lot of time talking about Annie and talking about how the actual comic strip bears little resemblance to any of the stuff they ever put out regarding Annie. You know, this is, this was them trying to come a little closer with, you know, maybe it's not smugglers and pirates, but then again, smugglers and pirates are maybe not that interesting. I don't know. I mean, they're not making the comic strip anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back in the 30s, people loved smugglers and pirates. Oh, boy, smugglers. Uh, it's come about on, pirates. Come on, Mom, we're going to play cowboys and smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this was a yet yet another um, uh, piece of Annie media that exists. And I guess, um, I, I guess I'm glad we're done with Annie. We have no more Annie yeah, to talk I, about. I, Yes, we have we have exhausted Annie. The the red is gone from her curls and her eyes have faded to blank circles. <laughs> well, join us next time when we talk about something that's not Annie. Um yes. Oh, and I think I guess we can just say like do we recommend any Annie media? I guess just the Christmas special? That's all I would the say. The Christmas special is fun and I would say that Actually, that 2014 movie is probably the best version of Annie you can get today. Yeah, it's got it's got a little bit going for it, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not the best execution, but I feel like it's more appealing than this or the 1982 movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. You know, if you're curious about Annie, if you've ever wanted to dip your toes and be like, what's all this Annie stuff about? You know, check out, you know, check out the 2014 movie for Annie at its at its best, which is not super great. And then that Christmas special for Annie at its buckwild weirdest. Yeah. And and if you're the kind of person that wants to buy, like, you know, best year by year Annie collections from Fantagraphics or whatever, uh, we don't want to know <laughs> that nobody wants to do that. <laughs> 
I can't imagine. Oh, oh, remember, remember what Morb told us about the introductions written for the for the uh, Pogo collections. Uh, no, what was that? Was writing the intro. Uh, that that they were they kept running. They were running out of people to uh, actually comment on them that knew anything about Pogo. Like they got they got down to Neil Gaiman, and then like oh, I forget someone from CNN. Oh my god, that's right. Wasn't it getting into like Art Bookwald and? something yeah. weird like that like oh my god that's i mean neil gaiman i can see though that's an odd choice for a comic strip collection you know um yeah it is a strange choice but those fantagraphics books i have a few of them and yeah they really do kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel they have i have a collection of peanuts where they got the rift tracks guys to do the opening which rift tracks guy um i think the I think the the main three, uh, Mike, Kevin, and Bill, but also the uh, the head writers, uh, Colin and Sean. All right. I mean, and, hey. uh, and they they riffed on some comic strips. It was the first. It was their first time they wrote a riff of a comic strip. That okay, interesting. Um, well, at least they didn't bring low tax in. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean that that and have us. <laughs> yeah, let's let's interrupt the comic strip for uh, five minutes so my daughter can ramble. <laughs> Man, I'll never forget when I went to see Plan Nine from Outer Space in uh, the Rift, tr- the what is it, MST Live or uh, Rift Tracks Live or what it yeah, was? Rift Tracks Live, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, and it was like, hey, y'all ready for Rift Tracks Live? Yes, we are. Well, guess what? First uh, forty-five minutes of low taxes, rambling, unfunny comedy. Oh no! And, and two Jonathan Colton songs. Two Jonathan Colton songs. And they're the two you already know. Oh my god! I remember after the first one, and then they, and then it was like literally they brought a, a second one. It was just like, oh my god, we are never getting to the fireworks factory. <laughs> it was the most interminable theater experience I've ever had until Olaf's shiny new Christmas adventure. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I I was lucky enough to skip that. I waited to see Coco until Disney was like, okay, okay, we'll take it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll never do anything for you again. Fine. <laughs> They're like, you, you love your funny friend, Olaf. You love him, damn it. Uh, well, anyway. Wow, that, that killed Frozen Mania. Dead. Yeah. Turn, turns out um, we just let it go. Yeah. <laughs>